Coming up on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, myself, Trent Condon, and LaShawn Daniels, we get ready for it. It's the rivalry matchup, Iowa-Iowa State, a complete breakdown of the game, what it's like to be inside the locker room for a rivalry game and the buildup playing under Kirk Ferentz. We'll talk to LaShawn about that, and we'll make our picks brought to you by Bet Online. all coming up on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Our Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Trent Condon here, LaShawn Daniels there. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast on a Friday as we are just over 24 hours away from kickoff as we record things here today. LaShawn, it's a big one. It's a rivalry game. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. But uh, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. We'll be making our picks a little bit later on. A little bit of a slow start. We both went two and three last week. We got five more picks, though, for you coming up this week. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Lockdown Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day. LaShawn, let's get into it. It's a rivalry game. We reacted earlier in the week on Tuesday. Some upset, some vitriol, some anger. In fact, that's where I want to start things. You being inside that locker room and the way that Kirk has built this program. It's circling the wagons, if you will. You know, different adages that are throwing out there. But you guys never get too high or too low. It's something that is a big calling cord of Iowa football and, and what Kirk's built over the last 24 years. What is What was it like when you guys were were facing tough moments when it certainly feels like the Iowa offense is facing here this week. Yeah, yeah. So for starters, it nothing. I don't want to be careful here. Nothing changes too drastically in the way that we prepare for a football game. Right. So, you know, back in 2016, we had, a, we had some rough stretches where offensively we weren't playing well. And just as a team, we weren't playing, playing well. Um, right. So when we, when we would go into the following week to, get back and prepare for for the following game it wasn't like anything we were doing was going to be drastically different right like obviously yeah we're making corrections and we're fixing those things that can be fixed on tape but a lot of times was hey let's get back to the basics let's make sure that when we are preparing um that we're taking each moment each play and um treating it like hey um this is an opportunity for us to get better right so when it comes to game week preparation, even if after a struggling week or after a loss, things don't change drastically because then that's going to be changing everyone's routine and the way how they prepare for a game. Because, I mean, sometimes you just go out there and you just you just don't play well. Right. You just get beat and, you know, you just you're just not playing good. Right. So. Then as a staff and especially as, as in Coach Ferentz's tenure, right, he's been doing this for a long time. He knows that you can't just switch everything up on the fly all willy-nilly, right? So um, obviously there's going to be a bunch of corrections that they're going to make. I'm sure they've made a bunch of corrections this week during practice um, all the way through today. Um, so they're just going to probably just going to get back to the basics, get back into the fundamentals, make sure that we can do a lot of our base offense stuff with obviously some, some wrinkles here and there. But when it comes to the regular game week preparation, that stuff doesn't change. Um, too drastically week to week because 
Coach Ferentz likes that routine. He likes to keep everything very simple, very similar, right? And the biggest thing for him and the team is, right, he just want to make sure that the guys on Saturday go out there, they play smart, they play tough, and they play physical. So the Boo Birds were out. The media feels like they're coming down hard on the Hawkeyes. Is that something that Coach Ferentz ever talked about? Did he ever, you know, mention, hey, it's us against the world? You know, those types of conversations. Was that ever brought up during those difficult moments? Yeah, a lot of times he would say he he loves to use the the phrase, you know, we have to ignore the noise, right? Uh-huh. Like ignore the noise, like everything, anything that's happening um outside of the building is really it's it's none of our concern, right? Because people are gonna people are gonna talk, right? I mean, um people have to get their clicks and all those different things. That stuff is irrelevant to what we're doing in the building, right? So the biggest thing, um that Coach Ferentz and the staff uh, make sure that they get across to us is obviously ignore that stuff, right? And we focus on doing us, right? Focus on focusing on what we can do to get better each and every day, um, you know, at practice, in the weight room, in the film room, um, because no matter what, people are going to talk, right? Um, good, bad, or indifferent. And if you start to listen into that noise and you let that noise creep into the locker room, then that then that's when problems arise and now you start creating more doubts and those different things. Right. So it's very, very important to make sure that we ignore all of that stuff and we focus on what's really what's on what's just happening within the building and not anything that's outside. So yeah, his biggest thing was making sure that you ignore the noise. Obviously like you can't ignore it entirely, but doing a, a really, really good job to mitigate as much of that stuff and really don't let it creep into the building was something that was coach parents always harped on. So LaShawn, we know you like to talk, right? We, we like to have our conversations here. <laughs> I, this is something weird for me. So I started doing a radio show when I was in college, a sports radio show and, and kind of directed that. I knew that's where my life, I wanted it to lead you though, as a player, when you show up and at least when you were playing, you couldn't talk as a freshman. You had to wait until your sophomore <laughs> campaign before you could talk to the media. How about that aspect of it? Because we saw this week the questions of Arlen Bruce asking about Keegan Johnson, what was happening. And you can tell the media maybe looking for a little bit of a gotcha moment or more than anything, just trying to get some information. How about that perspective? You as a player first, just talking to the media. And I'm going to guess there had to be a class, right? I mean, in Coach Ferentz and somebody <laughs> else had to say, all right, when you're talking to the media, this is what you guys are going to do. Yeah. Um, like there was always like this like media training thing that we would we would go through right basically things you do and don't say right um obviously you always make sure that you're giving respect to your opponents right not saying anything you know outlandish anything that they can use as bulletin board material right that was always a big thing Mm -hmm. and another thing was let's see avoid talking about other like your teammates and like injuries Mm -hmm. right like obviously like if if you want to pump them up and say something good like yeah, they have no problem with that. But like if a teammate's injured or or an out, like obviously keep that conversation piece of it to a minimum, right? Just basically say like, hey, like they're working hard and trying to get back as soon as possible, right? Just basic stuff like that. Um, and really just try to keep as many answers just coming straight from from you instead of like kind of speaking for for other people uh, were some of the biggest things that kind of came across. But obviously, like it can't. They can't do the interviews for you, right? Every person's different. <laughs> um, but for the most part, yeah, you, you try to be as 
political as possible when it comes to to interview right um if you watch like the interviews from like the new england patriots right they're very similar in the same way right they're not saying anything right always respecting their opponents right keeping everything very kind of kind of hush hush on virtually anything unless uh the team releases it um themselves right and and i was very similar similar in that way so yeah we definitely did have a have a media class and Basically, long story short, was just yeah, keep everything as political as possible. Don't give your opponents to any um like any disrespect. Don't like hint at anything that you're trying to do um for the upcoming game, right? Whether you have offense um, wrinkles on offense or defense or whatever, right? Keep all that stuff to a minimum uh, as possible. So I remember when I was in school and Fred Barr, he was uh he was playing for the Hawkeyes and he said he didn't like Iowa State. I mean, it was a big one. And he said, I, I hate the Cardinal and gold, you know, or the colors of the team. Julian Vandeveld, he, he did the same kind of thing. And it's rivalry week this week. So I'm sure that was also part of the conversation leading in. Don't throw anybody under the bus and don't talk about the rivalry game. Don't give them any of that bulletin board material. Well, we got some that we're going to give coming up next. When we continue, we're going to break down the Iowa State game. What was it like rivalry week? Is there a little pep in the step? for Kirk and the rest of the crew, what it is, the in-state rivalry. We'll talk about Cyhawk. We'll talk about the rivalry, and we'll do it as we continue. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Bet Online is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. You can find all the latest football league developments, matchups, news, and podcasts, including this week's games. Bet Online, your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting and a whole lot more. Head to the website today or use your phone, hop on, and learn more about the trends and the action that is Bet Online, where the game starts. We'll be making our Bet Online picks coming up here in just a little bit, but LaShawn back at it here and talking about the rivalry aspect to this matchup. It is Iowa State here this week. You're an out-of-state guy. You grew up in Ohio. I'm sure Ohio State Michigan was a big deal for you, and though not an in-state rivalry, that rivalry aspect for us here, you know, it's so different. And and I don't know if I've I've relayed the story. So as you know, I'm older than you. I'm 42. I grew up in the 80s. I was three years old during the 15-year winning streak for Iowa. I was three the last time that Iowa State had beaten Iowa throughout all of my adolescence, growing up, middle school, high school. I never saw it. And that my freshman year at Iowa, I'm sitting in the student section and. I see Dan McCartney and company come in and just absolutely pulverize Iowa in 1998 and the 15 game winning streak. And then it really became a rivalry from that point. So a different perspective, but for you, I want to get your thoughts on this, just in-state rivalry, what it meant inside the program. You've told us before you're playing Penn state, Michigan, Ohio state. You could tell Kirk had a little something there. What about Iowa state week? What was it like? Yeah. Um, any rivalry game, anytime a trophy is up for grabs, um, everyone definitely has to pep in the step from all the way up from Coach Ferentz all the way down to like the managers helping us out, right? Like everyone's like anytime a trophy is on the line and it's a rivalry game, like everyone definitely gets up and, and ready for it, right? And with the Iowa State game and the Cyhawk trophy, right? It's, it's important, especially to the people that are from Iowa, that the Iowans that are on the team, like it's especially important to them, right, to to win that game and obviously prepare that way all week like you're going to win, right? Because 
you know, it being a Hawkeye state, right. You don't want to, you don't, you don't want to give that up. Right. And you don't want to give, um, you know, the, those guys from, from out West, right. Some, <laughs> you know, let them have their trophy, right. Have, let them have their, have their big, big victory against Iowa. Right. Cause that's a game that, that they always, always get riled up and ready for, no matter how good or bad they, they are. Right. That's a game that's always tough. Um, you know, every single year. So, it's very important to see a bunch of people on the team and everyone has some, has a big pep in their step whenever we do have a trophy on the line, let alone, you know, get to play our in-state rivals. Right. So you definitely want to have those bragging rights um, because it's going to suck, right. If you lose and, you know, you hear not everyone, um, whether it's your friends back home or you hear other Iowans and they're talking about, uh, you know, how it's the cyclone state now and all this stuff and all that jazz. Um, so everyone definitely gets up and ready to go for this football game, even though it might not be the biggest rivalry out there, right? Realistically, it, it's not, right? But um, knowing anytime you get to go, go against a rival for a trophy, especially an in-state rival, it's definitely a game that everyone's going to have some pep in their step for. Um, everyone's going to be kind of locked and loaded and flying around um, during great um the preparation week during practice um, from practices from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, right. All the way throughout the week to make sure that come, come Saturday that we're ready to fly around and um, ready to knock some heads. You know, it's, it's so interesting. So you were on the team in 2014, right? The last loss to Iowa state. I had completely, maybe I just blocked it out of my memory. I have very faint memories. It really, the only memories is Jake Rudak kind of struggling in that game, but looking back, that was a, Awful Iowa State team. They went two and ten that year. What God's name happened that day? Do you remember? Honestly, I just remember. So I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't get a snap in that game. Yeah. Right. So everything was already like, you know, blur, blur wise. Right. But I remember offensively, like we weren't great, and there was like opportunities. I want to say there might have been like an opportunity where we were like near the goal line. Um. And we came away with three points and we should have came away with a touchdown. I want to say there was a, that might've been like early in the game. Mm -hmm. And then I remember that like we came down to the last seconds, right. And they kicked the field goal and the kid missed it, but we called a timeout. And then they went, obviously after the timeout, drained it, drilled it after. Uh Um, But all that stuff, like that entire game for me is like a blur just because I don't even remember like what was going on. I just remember that we lost. And then afterwards, um, everyone was pretty, uh, pretty upset, right? Everyone was not the <laughs> happiest after that game, uh-huh. uh, right? Like when we got in the locker room afterwards, coaches didn't really say much, right? Because obviously you could tell that they were they were really upset, and then the like, players didn't really say much. And then, um, like the following day for film, obviously a bunch of people got ripped, ripped apart. Um, <laughs> and but then after that, right, it was like all right, back to business. I'm focused on the next team, but. Yeah, like losing that game definitely was something that was not fun and not an experience that we wanted to go through again. And that kind of definitely showed um, over the next two years after that um, when we played the Cyclones. That was the evolution, too, of Rudock into Beathard. Of course, CJ takes over full-time the following year, and 12-0 and happened during the regular season. So it all turned out okay, but... 2014, there were some rough moments. We'll see if there's any parallels here to 2022. Let's look at the matchup. Uh, Watch the Iowa State game. Rewatched it on Monday night. 
and got a feel for them. Hunter Deckers, he can sling it around. He lets some throws out there. You know, looking at his final statistics at the quarterback spot for Iowa State, I thought he was actually even going to look a little bit better than he did, but Xavier Hutchinson, that dude's a problem. And you start right there. They got playmakers on the outside with Hutchinson. Jalen Knowles is speedster. They got another speedy guy uh, coming in from Colorado. These wide receiver group, they're, they're pretty talented out there. I guess the question is, Decker's making a start in Kinnick Stadium, his first road start. He did play a little bit last year against Oklahoma on the road in a tight game. So he's this isn't his first experience in an environment. Playing in an environment, a road environment for the first time, and especially for a quarterback, LaShawn, how big do you think that is? And what do you do? I mean, is it just you got to see if a guy can handle pressure until they do it? You really don't know? Yeah, like you can't really emulate playing on the road in a hostile environment until you just do it, right? I mean, there's not really much you can really do to prepare for it um, because you can't even, you can't really like emulate like how loud and how difficult it's going to be, you know, when you're out there on the field, when the crowd is going crazy and it's a third down and it's a got to have a situation. And now you're trying to communicate with your offensive line and directing them on who to block. And you're trying to get the plays in and all those different things, right? It's going to be tough to manage for a quarterback, right, early on um, in their career, right? It, it just it, it just is, right, because it's, it's different, right? And I'm going to be interested to see how their quarterback fares um, and coming into Kinnick and it being a rivalry game and state rival and all that hype and all the stuff going around um, this game, right? And I'm going to be interested to see how he handles it, right? Because now, like, Iowa State's trying to win, trying to beat – uh, I was since 2014, right? I mean, that's a long, long time. A bunch of senior classes that haven't beaten Iowa, right? So, like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a tough environment. But that said, um, you know that they have playmakers all over the field who are gonna try to help that help out the quarterback as much as possible, right? Obviously, you, you already touched on they've got they've got some really good receivers. They also have a really good running back who can create explosive plays. Um, virtually at any point in time, right? Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the quarterback, though, will fare under all that pressure and the crowd noise and trying to communicate with everyone. Um, because we've seen Iowa make it hard on, you know, even veteran quarterbacks, right, like they did on Penn State last year, right? So it's something about that that Kinnick Stadium that makes it very, very difficult for opposing teams to play in. Um, but you know, if they, if they will get, if they, at some point, if they get rolling, right, like, then all that stuff kind of goes out the window now, and now you're like, okay, as a quarterback and as a football player, like, I'm good, right, because now it's just playing football, right, I've been doing football Mm -hmm. for my entire life, right, so once you get past that kind of initial shock of the environment, then after that, um, it ends up just being playing football. Well, Sean, do you think the offense is going to bounce back? Uh, We were very down after obviously the performance against South Dakota State, knowing the program like you do, are you more hopeful or are you optimistic that we're going to see not a great offense? Look, this isn't going to be Mike Leach and you know and Mississippi State throwing it around fifty times or anything like that. But do you think they're going to turn around and at least look average coming up this weekend? Yeah, so that's an interesting question. Like, I mean, there's been times right where you no know, one year and I was in the program and you know, we had a bad offensive outing. Right. And we came out the following week and, you know, we were lights out. Right. We were executing on all phases. Um, and there's times where, 
you're bad the week before, and then, you know, even worse the following week, right? <laughs> like, I think in 2016, like, we played Wisconsin. We didn't play very well offensively. Then we had a bye, and then we went to Penn State and got blown out, right, with even worse, like, offensive output, right? So there, there are times that that happens, and then you have times where, you know, we got blown out against Penn State. Nothing really was materializing, right? Then the following week, right, we, we weren't stellar on offense by any – any means, right? But we were able to put up enough points, right, and control the football enough to obviously help you know, win a football game against a very good Michigan team. So it's going to be interesting to see how these guys bounce back. I think they they have to bounce back, right? I mean, I I I don't think there's too like there's offensive performance that can be worse than kind of what they had last Saturday. So I feel like that the only way that they can go is up, and especially knowing that it's a rivalry game and that everyone's probably going to be locked in a lot more than they have in the, um, maybe that they were last week, right? Um, I just feel like they are going to execute a little bit better than they did uh, did last week, but I don't think it's going to be anything drastic um, from last week, right? They're not going to come out and throw for 350 yards, yeah. right? And four touchdowns, right? Oh, it'd be great if that happened, but uh, I, I don't really see that happening. But I do see them um, playing much better offensively, both in the run game and in the pass game. Well, with that, we're going to pick this game. We're going to make our pits, picks coming up. Brought to you by Bet Online each and every week. LaShawn and myself will make five picks every week against the point spread, and we'll do that. You're listening to the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. LaShawn, we wrap things up with our picks against the spread brought to you by Bet Online, and let's get into it. We got five games this week. We open it up. Alabama going on the road to Texas. Now, we've seen the Crimson Tide recently in these early season games. So many of them have been at neutral sites. It hasn't been a real road environment for them the last time. And speaking of last times, the last time they lost a non-conference game during the regular season was in Saban's first year when they lost to Louisiana Monroe. I mean, think of that what this Alabama program is today. They lost to Louisiana Monroe in their last non-conference loss. Alabama, a big favorite. They are laying 20 against the Longhorns. I just can't bet against Saban. Give me Bama, and I'm going to lay the points. How about you, LaShawn? Yeah, I'm taking Bama. <laughs> I mean, that that team that they have over there is fantastic, right? They've got probably the best quarterback in college football, and you know any positions that they've that they lost right from, from last year, right. They essentially just reloaded those guys because um, they looked obviously stellar last week with virtually no errors. Granted, they didn't play a great team mm-hmm. um, in Utah state, but you know, it's Alabama. I expect them to play extremely well. Nick Saban does extremely good against his um, past assistants. And I don't see this being any different. Let's go to game. Number two, we get a little big 10 tilt here. Taking on the ACC, Illinois at home for Virginia. LaShawn, you get the first crack at this one. Yeah, so this is actually kind of interesting. This is an interesting game to me um, because, like, I thought Illinois looked fantastic two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Then last week, again, they were looking really, really good and then kind of just melted down, I guess, towards the end of the game, right? I mean, like, that should have been a game that they won handily and they end up dropping it, right? So I think... Um, this is going to be interesting. That said, I think I'm I'm rocking with Illinois and the points. I just feel like 
they they're a better team. Um, and I feel like they're going to bounce back from a tough, tough end uh, to their game last weekend against uh, Indiana. We're in lockstep again. Well, we both went two and three last week. We just had two dissenting, and you got one of them. I got the other, and we are together on this one. Yeah, give me Illinois. I think Bielema going to have them bounce back. Virginia, they were down early to Richmond as well. Good Richmond team from the FCS and uh, came back and took control there. I really like Armstrong, their quarterback. I, I just think Illinois, the more physical team, and they're going to ultimately uh, pull away for the victory, laying the four and a half. This one I am really struggling with. Baylor, BYU, they played a year ago down in Waco. They won by two scores, did Baylor. Of course, Baylor went on to surprise everybody and win the Big 12. I'm really intrigued, though, by this BYU team. I've been doing some research. I'm also invested in a futures market uh, with them a little bit, too. So maybe that's the reason. I'm going to grab the points. Give me the field goal and BYU getting three. Okay, okay. I think we got our first disagreement here. Uh-huh. Um, so I think BYU is a good football team, right? I think they, they've got some players um, that can make things happen offensively. Um, that said, Baylor, I feel like I, I've been high on Baylor for, for a while now. I thought they were a fantastic football team last year, and I think they're going to follow suit this year as well. Um, obviously, they played a FCS team last week, right? Um, but they look fantastic. Won by almost, it felt like it like 60 points, right? Um, where they were just hitting on all phases, offensively, defense, special teams. Um, and I feel like that they're they're really trying to build on the team that they had last year and really possibly make a push for the college football playoffs. So um, I'm taking BYU, I mean BYU, I'm taking Baylor this <laughs> week and the points as well. You got the Bears. All right, let's go to this one. This is my favorite bet of the week. It's USC going on the road to Stanford. USC looked great last week. I uh, rewatched a, a big highlight package of them. It's like a six, seven-minute piece. Caleb Williams looked like a stud, no surprise. Lincoln Riley out there doing his thing. But the thing they got was three pick sixes against Rice. Now, this is not Rice. This is a team with a little bit more of a pulse. And as bad as Stanford was last year, injuries really were a big part of that. They got a quarterback themselves It's not going to be a great environment. Stanford classes still haven't started. You're not going to have the student section or anything like that. I just don't know if USC is ready to cruise early on. And Stanford, they pulled some offsets against USC. So I'm going to grab the points. Give me the Cardinal plus eight and a half. Mm, mm. That's a good pick. I I, I like that pick. And now this one I'm kind of struggling with a little bit because Stanford always plays USC like to to the end, right? No Mm -hmm. matter what, if they have a if they have a good team, a bad team, or whatever, right? I feel like like this game always comes down to the wire, and there's been some great finishes to this game um, over over the past uh, several years. So I, I think I'm, I'm right there kind of with you, um, but USC looked fantastic last week. I mean, Lincoln-Riley came in. It looks like a Lincoln-Riley offense, right? They're able to throw a ball over the place. Um, create explosive plays whenever they want. And honestly, I'm feeling like they're going to do much of the same again this this week as well. So I'm taking USC and uh, those points. I just feel like offensively that it's going to be very, very difficult for, for Stanford to try to contain um, their, their skill guys and rattle Caleb Williams, especially in an environment that's not going to be, mm-hmm. you know, too difficult to play in. Wrapping things up, our fifth pick of the week brought to you by Bet Online, and it is, of course, the Cyhawk game. Iowa, a three and a half point favorite 
The total in this game is down to now 40, pretty much across the board as I look at the uh, Vegas betting board currently, see a lot of 40s, couple 40 and a halfs. I invested on the under right away when it came out at 41 and a half on Sunday. I jumped on that one. Ultimately, though, we're just picking. We're not picking totals here. With three and a half, I got to take the Cyclones, and I hate to do it. Prove me wrong, Iowa. Do all those things. I want to be wrong on this pick, but after what we saw a week ago offensively, Spencer Petras is still going to be the starter. What we've seen, not just last week, but over the last eight or nine games from Spencer Petras, until we see differently, I just can't do it. I'm going to grab the points again, as I did a week ago with South Dakota State. Give me the Cyclones, gross, plus three and a half. So I hear you. I hear you. And this is probably like the first time I felt like in a while where I felt like I was like in actual danger of mm-hmm. losing against these guys. Cause like years past, right. I felt pretty confident going into this game, kind of like regardless of the team, you know, Iowa state has had, right. Just because I'm like, I will, they're, they're, they're going to find a way to get it done. Um, no matter what, right. Offensively, um, defensively, special teams wise, right. They've done all three over the past several years against Iowa State. And watching the Iowa offense last week was not encouraging at all. Um, But all that being said, I can't see Iowa State getting over this hump right now. I still can't see I still can't see it happening. Um, I feel like Iowa State always finds a way to lose this football game in some way, shape, or form in a devastating fashion. And I feel like this Saturday in Kinnick is not going to be any different. So I'm going to take Iowa in the points. I'm going to take yeah. Iowa in the points. I'm going to take the Iowa in the points. I got to rock with my guys. Um, but I also think that they're going to come out um, and look much cleaner offensively um, and really kind of think, get back to their roots and really get back to playing that Iowa brand of football that we, that we know and love and really kind of go in and really hold this trophy and not give it up any reason so well LaShawn, we will talk to you again next week we'll recap what we see i hope that you're right you hope that you're right every hawkeye <laughs> fan listening hopes that you're right on our picks brought to you by bet online been fun this week we will do it again with you next week thanks for joining us and making locked on hawkeyes your first listen each and every day you can also get locked on across the big 10 with nate dickinson and locked on big 10 local experts from locked on take you around the big 10 in 30 minutes each and every day Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen every day. That's Locked On Big Ten. LaShawn, feeling good? I'll be a Kinnick, and I'm going to drink a million beers. I'm going to have so much fun there, (laughs) even if it doesn't go our way. We'll talk to you next week. Go Hawks.